When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to a Score North podcast right now, and if you're a business owner, so are your customers. In fact, I could be talking about your business right now, telling the tens of thousands of loyal fans about you and sending them to your business. Find out how you can partner with your favorite Score North podcast. Visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Fill out the form, and we'll get in touch with you quickly. Once Phil, Judd, Declan, or others start talking about your company, you'll be amazed at how many fans start showing up. So visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Get in the know. Non-stop Vikings talk. It's Purple Daily on Score North and scorenorth.com. Purple Daily, presented by Surly Brewing Company. All right, welcome in. It's Purple Daily on the road. An on-the-road edition here. I'm in a hotel. We got Judd Zolgad uh, fresh off a happy hour with our friends at Surly. And we got our friend from NBC Sports Edge, Tyler Fornis, fresh out of the 1.0 mock draft sauna. Are you ready to be peppered with dumb draft questions here on this episode, Tyler? You should see my mentions. I've been peppered with them all day. I'm ready to roll. Half of them are Judd and me just like, hey. Well, they're, not qu- they're not questions. They're declarative statements about you being a moron. That's not, that's not what we're going to do. I, I, you know what? I will give a couple people credit. They came with genuine thoughtful questions and i appreciate those people so all right so let's do this here purple daily daily vikings entertainment we just want the vikings to win a super bowl before we die the draft is a big part of that process uh if you nail it and the show is presented by our friends at surly brewing company we'll talk more we're a week away from the purple daily surly draft party uh and tcl one of the world's best-selling consumer electronics brands they have a new lineup of award-winning tvs delivering the most entertainment with stunning resolution all at an affordable cost Enjoy more of the things you love with TCL. So, all right, uh, we do a mock a day on this show, and the mock a day today is going to be your mock draft, Tyler Fornes. Is this your only? Do you just do a 1.0 for NBC Sports Edge? Is this it? This is it. This is uh, my granddaddy of them all, as, as you would say. Um, I've got a bunch of seven round Vikings ones for the Vikings Wire, but this is my predictive mock draft, what I believe is going to happen next Thursday. Love it. So let's. Uh, we're not going to go through every single pick here, but I'm just going to pick out some highlights leading up to the Vikings, and then we can and then we can turn you loose. So you've got Trayvon Walker number one to the Jaguars. Uh, you've got Malik Willis going number two to the Detroit Lions. Aiden Hutchinson three to the Texans. Kenny Pickett, the second quarterback off the board to the Panthers at six. Kayvon Thibodeau to the Giants at seven. Sauce Gardner as the first cornerback off the board at eleven to the Washington Commanders. I think you're the first person I've seen have the first cornerback go outside the top 10. So put a pin in that. We'll come back to that. And then you have the Vikings trading out of the first or out of the number 12 slot with the Chargers moving back to 17. Chargers take Charles Cross at 12. And then the Vikings take Ohio State wide receiver Chris Olave at 17 and pick up an extra third round pick from the Chargers. So the first question I have Let's just talk about the idea of the Vikings drafting a wide receiver in the first round. How likely is it? Why do you have them doing what they're doing here, which is trading back and drafting a wide receiver? Um, Explain yourself, Tyler Fornis. 
Absolutely. So there's a lot of different kind of ways you can go about this. And I think wide receiver is probably our third biggest need. But long term, with how this team is currently built and how they're projected to try and maximize this potential window, you need to beef up the offense. I don't understand, and I know Judd's brought this up a few times, why wide receivers not being talked about more on a, on a national level for the Minnesota Vikings. You take a look at the wide receiver room. You have Justin Jefferson, inarguable top five receiver in the National Football League. You have Adam Thielen, 32 years old, has had a myriad of soft tissue injuries over the last few years, and he is not getting any younger. K.J. Osborne's a fine number three. Amir Smith-Marset is a massive wild card. You have no idea if you're ever going to get anything from him on the offensive side of the football. B.C. Johnson's coming off a torn ACL. You take a look at that room. Let's say the absolute worst-case scenario happens and Justin Jefferson is out for the year week one. What are you going to do? You have nothing. You have an offense that's run pretty much out of 11 personnel, and you don't have enough wide receivers in order to maximize it. Wide receiver is a much bigger need long-term than edge and corner, I believe, at this point, considering how you want to build this team. And I think Olave is the best in this draft. He reminds me eerily of Justin Jefferson and how explosive and technical he is with his route running. He knows how to separate with 439 40-yard dash, and he's great at tracking the football. He's not going to be phenomenal in open space like Justin Jefferson is. He weighs 180. He needs to get some play strength up. But I think with an NFL strength and conditioning program, he can do that. And you don't have to rely on him right away. He can be your number three guy as he slowly adapts to the National Football League. And I, I, I think it's a match made in heaven. He can do all the little nuanced things Jefferson can do. Get open in the red zone. Get open short, intermediate, and deep. I, I love the idea of having two similar play styles like that because you can do so many multiple things with those gentlemen. So I love this thought process, and, and there's a multitude of reasons why. The first one is what you j- just said, which is, like, we are, I, I feel like the the majority of the mocks are going by what the Vikings have done. Well, the people that ran them are gone. And and eventually, uh, Kwesi is not going to do the same thing as Rick. Like, right now, he's done a lot of the same things, and it's become a joke. But eventually, he's going to go in a different path in large part because he's got a coach who's going to emphasize offense the other thing about this is there are two reasons why i think a receiver is a need that go beyond like jj or Thielen going down in week one one is Thielen himself's you know been hurt and he's old so like at some point in time soon he's going to be done here and it's going to be a great career but he's going to be gone what that's fine the other thing is what we're seeing now, and th- this is a subject that's not been broached, but damn it, it continues to come up right now, week after week after week, and it's this. Jefferson, who personally I love, okay, and who's a great player, but there's two things here. One is, in May of 2023, Justin Jefferson can be paid. Now, you can try and slow play it, slow cook it, delay it, but the reality is he will come up for the ability to be paid big time starting a year from May. The other thing is, gentlemen, what are we seeing right now? We are seeing across the league disgruntled wide receivers making hay and getting paid huge. And, and deleting making, and deleting their teams from their Instagrams out and of making, protest. And making threats. Now, I will say this. I don't expect Justin Jefferson to do the same, but I don't oh. know. And so, so let's just say, Tyler, that you're right. And the Vikings say, you know what? We need to 
secure ourselves here. We need to create a cushion here because there's a lot of things at this position. And so I think the reality is there are a multitude of reasons why a wide receiver would not be a, well, you don't need another one, but very much a, yeah, you actually do. And and this uh, draft is deep there. And this assumption that this team is going to go defense is very much a Zimmer-Spielman assumption. I think that you are barking up the right tree. And I would argue with people who dismiss you and say, think about where this team is going and think about the things that we just talked about right there, including the fact that Justin Jefferson in one year could start to make noise about, do I want to be here if you are not going to pay me? Absolutely. And I think this conversation is kind of layered, Judd. Uh, You really hit the nail on the head. The second Devontae Adams got moved and signed that big money deal, and then it amplified with Tyreek, I believe that we're going to start seeing a trend where wide receiver rookie contracts are going to become almost as valuable as quarterback rookie contracts. Because when you have that elite weapon, you're able to maximize it on a really small contract. It makes a massive difference for your football team. Just look at what the Niners were able to do last year. They're paying George Kittle big money. Jimmy Garoppolo, big money. Debo Samuel, a couple million bucks. It makes a big difference. And I think trying to maximize that is going to be really huge. And I think you're going to see a lot of teams balk at the idea of paying a guy $30 million as a wideout. I'm worried about paying Justin Jefferson $30 million because I don't know what kind of return I'm going to get on that investment. Am I going to get like one win above replacement, like average, like the PFF stat? Am I going to get that? Am I going to get peak efficiency for my dollar? And I think that's that's a really big question. Um, plus, with when you talk about receiver early, I think one thing that's we're going to start to see, and we've already seen it the past couple of years, like from 2011 to 2020, we saw 12 Pro Bowlers drafted in the second round, eight in the first. And most of the Pro Bowls from the first round came from A.J. Green and Julio Jones. So the reason why receivers were sliding in the second round is they were considered to have some sort of flaw. Remember DK Metcalf's atrocious three cone? Well, he ended up being pretty dang good. Michael Thomas was too slow. He was pretty good. Devontae Adams was considered too slow and too small for how he played. That ended up pretty good too. So teams are starting to wise up and focus on the good rather than focus on the bad with these receivers at the top. And that's why I think we're seeing so many go early and we're being able they're being able to take advantage of those players as rookie contracts better than a second rounder. Folks, you just found out why we bring Tyler Fornis on on a fairly regular basis, because he, off the top of his head, recalls the quote-unquote atrocious three-cone drill of DK Metcalf. That is why we bring you on our show Washboard here. abs, though, Tyler. Don't ever dismiss <laughs> DK's wash, washboard abs. My God, is that man built. And you know what's funny? A.J. Brown was arguably more built in that picture. <laughs> yeah, he he went yes. one pick after Irv Smith Jr. So yeah. the teams are starting to wise up to this. Well, I'll tell you what, if you want to have washboard abs like that, Judd, how can the audience start losing weight? Oh, that's a very, very good question. And I can tell you that you can lose that weight if you contact my friends at Livia Weight Control Centers who have helped me take off 40 pounds, 40 pounds. And right now, have I got an offer for you? It's the New Simple Start plan for only $59, $59, and you can start on a plan that's going to help you lose the weight and, most importantly, keep the weight off. Receive one-on-one personalized and guided support online or in person from the team of experts at Livia 
855-GO-L-I-V-E-A-LIVIA.COM, L-I-V-E-A.COM. Contact him today and get on your way to Washboard Ab. Someday right. I'm going to show you mine, but not yeah. today. No, that's okay. That's okay. Uh, you guys don't know this because, uh, you know, you can only see like half or a quarter of my body, but I am rocking Chill Boys underneath the fold here. The most comfortable underwear on the planet. Uh-oh. Declan, what are you doing? Keep your pants on. Yeah, what are you Declan. doing? Okay. I want to show the audience something. Oh, oh okay. okay. Don't, okay. Yeah. I was very I concerned. Listen, I, I don't, don't, don't ever interrupt an underwear. Don't yeah. ever interrupt an underwear read by saying, I want to show the audience something and then lifting a leg up. Okay. <laughs> Great timing. Great timing. All right. Why, why I made this uncomfortable transition. <laughs> Is because when you get a pair of Chill Boys, you get in this nice little sealed case, okay? It's great. Yeah, it's a nice little it. sealed case. You take it. I haven't even had these on yet. I've been waiting to do this. And you get them in these nice pair of underwear. It's nice bamboo fabric. Oh, look at this. Oh, look, look at this. Oh. Those okay? are beautiful, man. You can rub it against your skin. It feels that good. <laughs> it's really good. Chill Boys. Don't put them on. Rub them on your face and then put them in the laundry. Chill get Boys is a minute. <laughs> It's a Minnesota-based company. You can find them online at chillboys.com. Uh, let them know Purple Daily and or Score North sent you. You can support them and support us at the same time. Um, so I think I think one of the – let's keep going down this wide, uh, wide receiver path for just a second here. So I think one of the things we have to figure out here, and by we I mean more like Quasi and Kevin O'Connell, is how good is K.J. Osborne? Because when I bring this up, like I, you know, I, I broached the wide receiver thing on Twitter, for instance, and Twitter is always a perfect gauge for what all of society thinks all the time. Uh, but a lot of people were pushing back, saying, "Well, well you need a wide receiver. Well, KJ Osborne was was great last year. You just need KJ Osborne to be given more of an opportunity." And I'd say, "I this is no disrespect to KJ Osborne. He was a fifth round pick. I think he's a good number three receiver. But if you really want to take this offense from 14th in points per game and have it be a top five track meet offense." And you have a chance to draft a Garrett Wilson or a Chris Olave. You know, there's any number of receivers, and we can get Tyler's thoughts on them. I wouldn't get hung up on, but KJ Osborne. Like, am I missing something? Is is KJ Osborne a number one receiver in waiting if he's just propped up correctly, or is he in the role now that he's probably destined to be in, which shouldn't preclude you from drafting a wide receiver in the first round? I think it's the latter. I think he's a really good number three. And I think we need to remember that initially when he was drafted, he wasn't even drafted to play receiver. He was drafted specifically as a returner. Yeah. So and, he was, and he was really bad. He was like bad at that. Yeah. <laughs> he was like atrociously bad because the 2020 Vikings, what were one of the worst teams ever in punt returns with like what, mm-hmm. nine or 11 total yards. It was bad. Like, yeah. yeah, really bad. So they weren't even drafting him with the idea of playing him at receiver. He ended up just balling out in camp and they gave him an opportunity and he took it and ran with it. And I think he did a pretty good job. But when he's a number three receiver with Thielen and Jefferson in front of him, you're going to be getting advantageous coverages and teams are not going to be focusing on you. The second they do, I think you're going to see him exposed. And the one thing that really intrigues me about this new regime, there is absolutely no emotional connection to any of these players except probably Kevin O'Connell to Kirk Cousins because they have that pre-existing relationship. They, they don't have to keep any of these guys. They don't have to keep a KJ Osborne, a Chaz Surratt, a Wyatt Davis, a Patrick Jones. They can just be like, we have no attachment to you. Bye. We're good. And nobody would fault them for it because it's not their talent. So I think that's an underrated element of this whole thing. We genuinely don't know how the regime feels really about anybody at this point, except for Kirk Cousins. So what, why did, did you have 
the Vikings trading down, and who did you pass to take Olave that you know you were on the fence about as a possibility to take if the Vikings do indeed move from twelve to seventeen? So the big one that I passed on was Derek Stingley Jr., the corner from LSU, and your mileage may vary on your opinion of Derek Stingley Jr. based on if you think he's going to return to his 2019 form. His 2019 was arguably on the best college football team that's ever existed. So that needs to be taken into context. And he was the number two corner as a true freshman, and he was dominant. The second that team was kind of disassembled because like 20-some guys went to the NFL, his performance plummeted. And he also had a soft tissue injury, hamstring, and then you had the Liz Frank his junior year. There was a massive regression on tape, and you have the foot issue. If you're fine with the foot issue, I get it. I don't see any evidence right now that tells me he is going to return to 2019, and there's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. Plus, with how uh, corner is not as valued in this system and how wide receiver is incredibly valued, I think that leans into how I think Quasi Adolfo Mensa is going to approach this draft. With the little information we have, what we know about Quasi is he is a market manipulator. He knows how to take advantage of the market. And I think that's what he's going to do. He's going to try and add assets where he can, and he's going to take premium players at premium positions early. And I think that's why, because of the big risk factor with Derrick Lee Jr. And what's interesting is his former defensive coordinator is the current defensive backs coach. They also have Jefferson, who they went to war against in practice. Patrick Peterson, this is LSU North, essentially. So if they pass on him, it's going to be a real indictment on what his potential might be because we're going to have the most information on him, but I'm just not willing to take that risk. And I'm not convinced the Vikings are going to be willing to either. Can you handicap? So, so the other two guys, so Trent McDuffie, you have sliding down to 26 to the Tennessee Titans. He's a name that's been in there kind of in the teens. You know, there's like, there's some mocks that have the Vikings taking him at 12 uh, and then sauce Gardner, you have him outside the top 10. So your first cornerback off the board is sauce Gardner to Washington at 11, and then uh, Stingley 13, like you said. Um, so the other two guys here in Sauce and McDuffie, what are your thoughts on them? And and if the Vikings wound up with, with one of them, let's say, at 12 or trading back, um, what's the value? I think the value for at, with Sauce at 12 is fantastic. He's got the body of Richard Sherman, and he's better in press coverage. His ball skills are tremendous. In over a thousand coverage snaps, he did not allow a single touchdown. The only other quarter cornerback in this class that didn't allow a touchdown was Kyler Gordon from Washington, and he had about half the snaps of uh, Sauce Gardner. So that tells you what kind of player he is. He's got tremendous ball skills. He, you wish he was a little bit more fluid with his hips, but he's got plenty of speed and length in order to kind of make up for it. He would be a fantastic selection at 12, and McDuffie is going to be an interesting one as far as how people view him because he has arms just a shade under that 30-inch threshold. But he plays like Jair Alexander. He's got the T-Rex arms. Yeah. you got to be careful with those guys. Yeah, A little bit, but he plays sticky in coverage. He's an incredible athlete, very fluid, does not get burned. He may struggle a little bit at the catch point because of those small arms, but uh, Thor Nystrom, uh, my boss over at NBC Sports Jets, calls him McDuffie Island, and he's his cornerback too. <laughs> I don't, <Island. laughs> I don't blame him. Um, I personally have him as my cornerback three uh, behind Stingley because I do recognize the upside, and I think McDuffie's arms may limit him a little bit. But McDuffie at twelve would be a fine selection. I prefer him with a trade back. But these corners, McDuffie, Booth, and Elam, they could really go anywhere from like fifteen to thirty. 
and nothing would surprise because it's all going to be about uh, choose your flavor. Tyler, I'm curious on why uh, the Chargers are a potential team that could move up to 12, because I know you had the Vikings trading with them down to 17. Minnesota also getting uh, the Chargers third round pick. So kind of two-part question here for you. Number one, why are the Chargers a team that could potentially be another one like Pittsburgh to move up in the draft? And also, if the Vikings trade back, what is the bare minimum that they'd have to get in like draft compensation, future draft picks, if they were to do that? So I think we'll start with the second part of that question, Declan. And it's really based on where they're going to move to and how far they have to go down. If you're going down 20 or lower, you better pick up a top 50-ish pick from next year. Uh, there really is no way of sands or buts. According to the Rich Hill trade chart, 79 is pretty much equal compensation uh, from moving from 17 to 12. So I really had no issue as far as that slotting. But the reason why the Chargers can move up is, you remember Storm Norton? Oh, yeah. Yeah, well, yeah. One, of, one of the greatest football, football names of all name time. Ever. Absolutely, yes. Greatest football names of all time cannot play tackle to save his life. Mm-hmm. He started a bunch of games for the Chargers at left tackle last year. They found Rashawn Slater at 13, and he ended up becoming a, a borderline all-pro right away out of the block. Charles Cross identifies in a very similar manner to Rashawn Slater. He's got some traits that can project out as a run blocker, but he had over 1,300 protection snaps basically across two starting seasons with the Mike Leach air raid incredibly fluid he's got quickness he knows how to mirror in protections and guys just don't get past it i think when you're talking about an offense that really wants to push the ball down the field with justin herbert having bookend tackles means the world and i think that kind of value mike renner from uh, pro football focus has him as his number three overall player and number one tackle above evan neal and akamakwani so there are people that think the world of charles cross um i think if you're getting him at 12 that's a fantastic value, and it fits how they want to play football. So how, how much would, would it change um, the dynamic here potentially, too, if a quarterback did fall to 12? Because I, I really don't think that, that the Vikings would, would take one in 2022. If one of your top two QBs, who clearly in your draft are both gone, but let's say one of those two slips through the cracks and gets down to 12, how much would that change the potential – of a uh, trade that the Vikings would be willing to go back if you, you had a team that saw Pickett there and was desperate for a quarterback and was willing to m- make a trade. Because my dream, until it's dead, will be that the Vikings trade back and secure a first-round 2023 pick in said trade. Because of where this quarterback class is at in comparison to last year, and next year, because next year's quarterback class looks absolutely bonkers. I don't know if you're going to be able to get a first-round pick, and that's just being honest. I would love it, but you have the Pittsburgh Steelers, and although they tragically lost Dwayne Haskins from their quarterback room, they signed Mitch Trubisky so they didn't have to panic, and they didn't have to force it. I don't know if they're going to be willing to pay that kind of capital to go get Kenny Pickett, who I wouldn't touch until the third round, because I think he has no dominant trait, and he's an, he's average across the board. Um, I think your best bet in order to get a first rounder next year is going to be a team like the Buffalo Bills. They see a guy that they think can take their offense to the next level. They give you 25 in next year's first to go get that receiver to pair with Diggs and Gabe Davis and Jamison Crowder. I think that's probably going to be your best bet to get that first round pick. I don't know if anybody's going to be willing to do that for a quarterback. And then, of course, if the Bills go as deep as we think they're going to go, then really you'd be sitting on like the 31st or 32nd pick. And then if the Vikings, so you might have, let's say the Vikings make the playoffs, then you'd have picks 
22 and 31 or something. Is that enough combined with other picks and future picks to move up into the top six to get it? Like, that's the thing. Like the bills sound great, but how, how much value is there? If you're, if, if we're going with Judd's goal of stockpile assets for next year's first round, so you can maneuver into the top 10 or into the top five, you know, I don't know if the bills help you enough there. I have a couple other questions here as we go later on. Like you did a first round mock draft here, which people can find. Um, I'm actually finding it on Yahoo Sports too. So it's all over the internet, but. Second and third round value. Throw out some names. Let me start with wide receiver because that's the sort of the theme of the episode to start with. What are the chances? Let's say the Vikings go cornerback or a different position in the first round. What are the chances that like George Pickens is available somewhere in the second round for the Vikings? Or um, who's the Western Michigan kid? Is it uh, Sky, Moore. Sky Moore? Like like what kind of what? Let's let's start with wide receivers in the second third round. And then other positions and names that you find intriguing that the Vikings should have their eyes on. Absolutely. I think Pickens is a very fascinating one. He tore his ACL in spring practice last year, ended up playing in four games at the end of the year, came back really quick, was really only effective in vertical go routes. He had a, a wild catch in the national championship game that helped put them into scoring range. And they ended up scoring off of that possession. Pickens needs a little bit of work from the technical side. He needs to learn a full route tree. Because while we talk about guys who play in like uh, offenses that are spreads where they're running like four or five routes, he did the same thing, except they didn't really run any routes because they ran the football so much at Georgia. And Kirby Smart just does not prioritize the passing game one bit. So he needs to learn a little bit of that. But his hands are tremendous. He caught 68.8% of his contested catches. He barely drops anything, has tremendous body control in the air. So when you're talking about an X-style receiver, George Pickens is a fantastic add. And I think you could get him at a value at 46 because you're talking about that potential injury tax. There are some people in the industry who had him as a top three receiver going into the year, and they were still accounting for the fact that there was that ACL tear. Guys like Jameson Williams really came out of nowhere. Drake London did as well. Like There was some potential, but Pickens was highly thought of. Then when you transition to Sky Moore, He's a short guy. He's 5'10", a buck 95. But one thing that he does really well is he's incredible with his releases. He knows how to get off the line of scrimmage and beat press. He's incredibly quick. He had a 1.49-timed uh, uh, 10-yard split, so he's got that elite-level quickness. And he has a 4.4140 to be able to keep that separation off the line of scrimmage. So even though he's a smaller guy, he can win on the outside, might be best utilized in the slot so he can uh, really manipulate that quickness and take advantage of slot corners and linebackers. But Sky Moore's got a lot of talent. He's tremendous with the ball in his hands in the open field. Um, if Christian Watson potentially slides on there, I know he's been talked about ad nauseum. That's a fantastic one. A sleeper that I want to throw at you, Calvin Austin the third from Memphis. He's a yeah. guy that's probably going to go top 50. He has the same athletic profile. They're, like His athletic comp is Tyreek Hill. Incredibly Ooh. fast, incredibly quick. All of his speed and agility drills tested in the 90th percentile or higher, but he's five seven and a half, a buck eighty. He's not too too <laughs> at well. Wow. He's he's a lot closer to Deshaun Jackson, but the second the ball gets in his hands, things happen. And teams prioritize getting players the ball in space and letting things happen. The senior boy proved he could be a real receiver. It showed a very large catch radius for somebody his size. Nuance in his routes to get open. I love Calvin Austin and I think he could be a really nice add for a team in the second round. Yeah, love it. How how deep is this draft at center? Like, can you find because they they're going to have to find one. I, I'm convinced that Bradbury 
will start probably in training camp and probably the season, but long-term, I don't think he's going to be the guy. Is there a center in this draft who you don't have to take, for instance, first round, but that you can eventually plug in who could take Bradbury's place and just become a solid functional player who does not get lifted off the line of scrimmage by big tackles? So it depends on how much you're going to value that wide zone pass blocking. One thing that's interesting in the Vikings compared to the Rams, the Rams are in a lot of inside zone. They did run wide zone, but their focus in the running game is more inside zone. So is Kevin O'Connell going to try and do the same thing with this team? If you do, you can really afford to get a bigger center that's got more sand in the pants that's not going to get uh, forklifted <laughs> off the ground. Sand in the pants. Sand football. Yeah. yeah. Sand, sand in the, the pants. pants. <laughs> so there are two guys that we can talk about. Um, if you want to go with the more athletic center, Cole Strange from Tennessee Chattanooga went to the senior bowl and the offensive line, excuse me, the whole week really did not play well, but Cole Strange stood out. He was ferocious. He had really good technique. He was not getting forklifted. He does not have the best anchor in the world, but he wasn't getting lifted off the ground with any form of consistency or really at all. So I think that that's going to be a guy that you could target probably at 77. Um, Cam Jurgens from Nebraska, bigger guy, really good athlete, excellent technique, knows how to play the position and knows how to block and not lose. And that's a guy that you could get. Um, Yeah, he really did. Uh, Dane Brugler from The Athletic. Uh, he releases the beast every year. Had him as a second-round grade and a top 50 player. That's a guy that you know you can trust, that he watches every ounce of film he can, does a ton of background. The beast, 400 uh, scouting reports, 380,000 words. So you know that he's putting in the time and the work. Jurgens could go in the second round. Um, I don't know how far he might fall. Somewhere between round two and round four is where you're going to have to pick him up. But I think he could be a really nice player for whoever wants to take it. All right, give us, give us, because we got to get to a, a random Viking of the week here, and we are going to keep, because Tyler is an ace at this game, and he's going to team up with Declan to get Declan a point. Uh, give us your hottest draft take. And maybe and maybe it's already in print in your mock draft when you have, you know, Trayvon Walker going number one and Malik Willis going number two. Like, those are those are bold takes. But give, give us your hottest draft take right now. Ooh, hottest draft take. Um, I, it's probably, I probably got two of them. Uh, Logan Hall, the defensive lineman from Houston should be drafting the top 20, but won't because he's six six two eighty three and plays three technique, but the guy knows how to use power and leverage to his advantage. And he's a tremendous football player. He's going to see a rise like Peyton Turner did last year. And, uh, I'm going to go with Malik Willis. He is the next Michael Vick. Wow. He, uh, there, there are two players in NFL history that have that kind of skill set and that kind of athletic traits. It's Malik Willis and Michael Vick. Like, if okay. you develop him, it's Michael Vick. Okay, let me let me ask this, because I, I think, you know, once Kirk signed the contract extension and, you know, it's it, there's a no-trade clause, financially he is locked in through 2023. If the Vikings feel the same way you do about Malik Willis and they love him and they're sitting there for whatever reason and he falls to twelve. I've, you know, I have said even if you think there's a 75% chance he is the next Michael Vick or you know Josh Allen or name, name your mobile quarterback with a big arm, big athleticism, I think the value of the rookie-scale contract being negated for the first two years is enough for me to not draft him. Because I think like a huge part of why you would draft a quarterback, whether it's Malik Willis or anyone, is to get five years of a rookie-scale contract. And if you've got Kirk on the books for the first two years – 
I just don't know that it's worth it. So, I mean, what would you do? Let's say you're the Vikings. You got Kirk signed, but you love Malik Willis, and he's just sitting there. Are you trading back? Is there any chance you would pull the trigger on that draft pick and just sit him for a year? If Malik Willis miraculously ended up at 12, because I genuinely think he's going to go at two to the Lions. If he is there at 12, I'm hiring the Secret Service to run me up to the podium, and I'm taking him. <laughs> oh, wow. Like, I, I'm, I'm sorry. I if you believe you have a Michael Vick-type talent and you don't take him, you don't deserve a job in the National Football League when your quarterback is not of that tier. He is a tier above and beyond what you currently have that can take you to a level that you have never seen before. I, I don't – you deal with it. You take great football players and you deal with the consequences later. But if you have the ability to take him, you do it. And even though you can't maximize the five years of a rookie deal, just we're going to see it with guys like Patrick Mahomes and Josh Allen, what they can do on those non-rookie deals. Peyton Manning won a Super Bowl, not on a rookie deal. So did Drew Brees. So you get those elite-level quarterbacks. You can still win a Super Bowl. So I'm taking him, and I'm I'm dealing with it. What do you wait? So if this is the case, what will he do for the for the Alliance franchise that has been almost always crap since I was born? So you're saying so, so like, let's say this all comes to fruition. Malik turns out to be great. Are you saying that the division as we know it will shift? Yeah, that's exactly what I'm saying. I'm saying that Dan, I believe in Dan Campbell, but we can meme him all we want. And we can just be like, yeah, he's a football guy. He's going to bite kneecaps. But you know what? Those players played their asses off. They were in games they had no business being competitive in. Remember that Rams game from like week five? They were leading that game in the fourth quarter. They had no business playing well. They continued to play well week in and week out. They lost by two to the Vikings on basically a miracle. And they beat the Vikings in what, week 13, week 14? This is a legit team once they get talent. And they are starting to build it. They have three picks in the top 34. They really did a number on the trenches. The trenches is the one spot where they don't desperately need talent. They need it on the skill positions. They're starting to build it. You put a quarterback that has a very high floor because of his rushing ability and his just dynamic arm talent, which I wrote a piece for the Vikings wire a few months ago, how he could be the next Josh Allen because their parallels are eerily similar. You get somebody to develop that young man. And you're talking a potential Hall of Famer and multi Super Bowl and MVP champion. Dude, I would. Um, it would be a blast if the Vikings did that. I would just. I, I think they're they're so committed to Kirk that I think I think they would. I legitimately think they would trade out. And I'm with you. I don't think he's sitting there at 12. I think it's absurd. Like the fact that a month or two ago, you know, not to rip on you know some of the noted mockers, but like you had prominent mock drafters that had him outside the top 10 it's like no chance there's so many desperate teams looking for franchise changing quarterbacks someone's taking a shot on that dude and i wouldn't be shocked if you're right if he goes number two um all right boys we got to get to a random viking of the week here but first we are one week away from one of the most exciting nights since we started doing purple daily a couple years ago it's the surly purple daily draft party where uh, Surly has stepped up to the plate with a one-night-only, tap-room-only, special purple daily beer called Before I Die Minnesota Pale, or Minnesota Ale, I should say. So, Judd, tell the audience, so we're going to, the door's open at 3. We're going to get there pretty early. We're going to start on YouTube at 6 o'clock, but we want to meet as many people as possible. So, please come and hang out and cheers a couple drinks and uh, watch the first night of the draft with us. 
I saw a picture tonight for the first time of Before I Die. And let me tell you right now, this, yes, that's right. I saw it. It's going to be coming out. We're going to have it in our hands soon to show the listeners and viewers what perfection in a glass looks like. Before I Die beer looks perfect. And, yes, we are going to enjoy those. We are going to enjoy the draft. Uh, uh, there, there will be food, including the great Surly Pizza, available. And to Phil's point, they're the doors open at 3. We'll probably be there right around 3 o'clock. We'll start at 6. We'll go until the draft is done. Let's just say, gentlemen, the tap room is ready for action. I checked it out tonight firsthand because I believe in getting there. I believe in, like, Re- Research around. and development. Yeah, yes. exactly right. I believe in looking around to say, hey, are all the napkins in place? And sure enough, they are. It will be oh, a... It'll be a yeah okay okay so so be quiet so shut up I had a few beers okay I had a few beers but I looked around and everything was in place a week Thursday you also have a chance to win a sixty five inch five series TCL Google Smart TV so uh, come on down and uh, let's let's have a good time let's see maybe the Vikings trade back maybe they trade up I don't know we'll be there and we'll have a hot mic for you guys to hang out and uh, give your takes as well also a shout out to our friends at Dennis Kirk. So as uh, the summer months approach, riding season, if you like to get up and down the state of Minnesota and ride your Harley, your Indian, your Metro Cruiser, whatever it is, your sport bike, Dennis Kirk has you covered with over 160,000 parts and accessories in stock, free shipping on orders over $89, and same-day shipping on orders placed before 8 p.m. Ride more, wait less, Dennis Kirk. Dot com. All right, boys, it's time for the Random Viking of the Week. This is a handicap match. It's Tyler Fornis and Declan Goff against Judd Zolgad. Both of these guys have wrestling shirts on and everything. Yeah. Quit trying to intimidate me. Quit trying to bully me. So uh, here's how this works. Every week, every Thursday, we usually pit Judd versus Declan, and this time he has his his uh, tag team partner Tyler with him, who's helped with a couple victories. Judd has a 21 to 11 all time lead on Declan in Random Viking of the Week. I throw out a series of clues. You guys can guess up to three incorrect guesses before you're eliminated. You can shout out guesses whenever you want. You can ask me questions if you want. I can refuse to answer because I run the game. These are my rules. So let's start with the first clue here, boys. Is everyone ready? Let's do it. Yeah. Okay. Random Viking it. of the Week. And you guys you guys communicate however you want. You know, just shout out answers or collaborate, whatever. Declan and uh, Tyler. All right. This Random Viking of the Week originally hails from Carrington, North Dakota. Jim Kleinsaucer. Ah. Judd wins. <laughs> I was just going to say it, too. I got it. it. You got me last time on, on Wiggins. You got me, so I wasn't going to wait. I wasn't going to wait. Not this time. Come on, you Judd bring it on. on. Wow. It's the second you said Carrington, North Dakota, because I lived in Fargo for almost a decade. Why am I thinking, okay, who played at those schools? And then it went to North Dakota, and then Jim Klein starts to pop to my head. And good old quick, quick draw Judd. Hold it out of his hat. Well Judd, done. Amazing. That's more impressive than my T-Jack and Brock Lesnar poll. <laughs> there's only very, there's a Why very. Why would you start with Carrington, North Dakota? Like, they're yeah, like, don't you. Yes, let's turn this on Mackie. Yes, turn it on Mackie. <laughs> this is Mackie's fault. You're, you're going I'm blaming Mackie. This is BS, man. Like, okay, okay. If I would have, okay. No, be honest. I'm going to, because we know the answer now, but I'm going to put the clues in a different order here. And you guys tell me okay. with all honesty okay. how quickly you would have picked up on the scent here, okay? Because I thought about this too. I'm like, everyone knows he's from North Dakota, but 
Maybe I can throw the first one out and then throw him off the scent. I was hoping to throw you off the scent. Bismarck or Fargo? You said Harrington. I'm on a heater. I'm on a heater. It's my fault. Don't try and and stymie the heater. Dogpile Phil here. This is is great. Uh, So I would have, if I could go back, I would have started with this random Viking of the Week's parents' names are Kathy and Carter. Would you guys no. have known that? Okay. No, no, no. This random Viking of the Week made a cameo in the rom-com 51st Dates. I would have, yes. Uh, yeah. You would have gotten that one? Yeah. Okay. Sean Astin's character is watching a Vikings. Right. He's like a Vikings fan, right, if oh, I remember right? right. And, He's like and Jim Klein Saucer. <laughs> like every day, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yes, the same game, yep. Or, yep. or no, she does. Yeah, he, he they watched the same for her game. sake. That's right. Yeah. He was twice named to the USA Today All Joe team honoring hard workers and underrecognized players. Of course, when we got to this point, you would have you would have figured it out. But his NFL head coaches were Dennis Green, Mike Tice, Brad Childress, and Leslie Frazier. Right. <laughs> I think he's the only guy that played for all four of those coaches. He played the H back too because he, yeah. he was drafted as a tight end, and I think it was Ticey, right? Who moved him to, or who called no, him H back? It was, it was or Dennis Denny. Green because That's he right. had the three fumble game his rookie year against Chicago, and we lost 23 22. 99, right? Wow. Yeah. Dude. Also had a mean patch of forearm hair, too. Jim Klein. He also Sosser. played, what, for an entire quarter with a broken leg and torn ACL? <laughs> oh, like, just he was tough all... as nails. Hockey yeah, player. Dude, Badass. Dude, yeah, he is, he is more man than the brawny man. Absolutely. <laughs> anyway. All right. All right, well, congratulations. I'm going to take the L on that one. All right, that wait, was just... Wait, I, I won. Yeah, no win. We? We're no, you won. That was good. Oh, it's, a new, it's a third column. My, my, it's just L. And it's for Mackie, and he gets the L. It's Put okay, Declan. We're 2-0 and o still with a no contest. So we are. We're, we are. We're just on the TikTok, boys. <laughs> we're getting our reaction. <laughs> I won. Oh, my gosh. All right, before we get out of here, a shout-out to our friends at Federated Mutual Insurance Company. They help keep the lights on for us at Score North on a daily basis. And they can not only help keep the lights on at your business, which is like kind of the bare minimum, they're here to maximize the success of your business through risk management tools and resources and over 100 years of experience working with specialized industries. Find out more how they can help you at federatedinsurance.com. And remember, at Federated, it's our business to protect yours. Looking forward to seeing everyone at the Surly Purple Daily Draft Party next Thursday night. Thanks to Tyler Fornas. Go check out his work, NBC Sports Edge, uh, Vikings Wire, also uh, Climb in the Pocket. You have a podcast once a week. Where else can people find you, Tyler? Absolutely. Uh, you can find me on Twitter, at The Real Forno. Um, if you, uh, once you guys are done with your show, come check out ours. Uh, we're going to be live all three nights and hopefully have all three of you guys on at some point. So awesome, man. it's going to be a lot yeah. of fun. Monday nights, 8 Central. Real Forno show. We have a good time. Tyler's the coolest football nerd and wrestling nerd that we know. We love having him on the show, and we'll do it again sometime soon here. All right, boys, that is Purple Daily, Daily Vikings Entertainment. We just want the Vikings to win a Super Bowl before we die. It's not that much to ask.